Greetings, adventures, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, friends, uh, we're going to be wrapping up our year-long foray into the world of Norath and the classic game of EverQuest. So it's been a it's been a journey, uh, but we're going to have to to close it out, as as they say, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences and you know maybe how we how we thought the entire year went and. For those listening, uh, you know, we've loved this show so much. We've loved uh, the community and all of our listeners. And and just like your own EverQuest experience was, perhaps, it all comes to an end, right? For us, there's been a multitude of different things. Um, my family in January, we all had COVID. Um, there's, you know, a lot of work requirements for me and, and my writing and stuff like that. So that's kind of taken more of a priority. And we we just didn't have the time to continue with this, so we figured we would wrap it up for everybody in a nice, succinct way and have one final episode kind of around our year mark and share that with you. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about what we liked about returning to EverQuest, maybe some of our, our highlights and memories, some of the things we really enjoyed, and, and overall, the experience. So I'm going to turn it over to Derek and Carlos here in a sec, but I'll, I'll kind of go first. But I think it's pretty interesting when we started the podcast, I did not expect us to be going for a year, to, if I'm honest. This was more of a experiment, a, a way to learn how to do podcasting, and it blew up in a way that was very positive and, and awesome and amazing, and I really loved immersing myself back into the lore of EverQuest and into the gameplay and to the history and learning all the things in nostalgia from when I was younger. Uh, so I've really, really enjoyed this experience of getting back. And I think playing with Derek and Carlos every week, that was an, an enjoyable personal satisfaction. That was something we hadn't done for a long time. And, and doing that brought a lot of joy to my life personally. So I want to look back at the last year, and I'm very thankful that we did it. And I'm very appreciative that we have this podcast that we can listen back to. And I think it, it was pretty, pretty dang good. If I don't say so myself, I'm very proud of it. So uh, we'll start with uh, Derek. What are your thoughts on the last year and everything? Uh, I, I really loved our experience. It allowed us to revisit parts of Noraf um, that we loved originally and parts of Noraf that we never got to see before. And also share that experience together amongst us and our friends that we had online. Um, help us through certain zones and aspects of the game and we just we learned so much that uh, i was just truly a joy for me to experience and i think you know we got to level 50 and i think that was a perfect time to end because after level 50 in my opinion it turns into a completely different game uh, a very grindy game that um was you know in my previous time playing i had a lot more time to play that type of a game but right now with three kids and a lot of stuff going on in my life i have limited time so i don't have time to play a game like that and you know going from level one to 50 we spent four hours a week yeah we could we could easily do something like that but when it gets to more joining a guild and getting into raiding that takes a lot of commitment and it's just time that i don't have right now in my life and that's how life works you always have different ups and downs with things so you know, I, I really appreciate it. 
and that you guys were stuck through it with us and we got to end it on the year mark. It was, it was perfect timing. Yeah. Carlos. Yeah. What about no, you? I, I have to say that for me, it was a great, great adventure. It was nice to, to go back and uh, play EverQuest and, and revisit all those, uh, like you were mentioning, Derek, all the zones uh, from back in the day, bringing back the nostalgia. And it was definitely nice to hear your take uh, you guys take on on the different zones and and, and your experience with uh, how how it was. Um, one thing that that I really liked was the community. Um, even now, you know, it's been twenty years, more than twenty years, and even now you find such a great because they're so devoted the the community and the fan base that um, the the folks that we actually met in our adventures and they stuck by us and and we we definitely uh created really good friendships and uh everybody it's just everybody's so nice <laughs> you know we we were always afraid uh you know because we, we always tell me hey, we're pretty casual we're pretty crap so <laughs> don't expect a lot of you know from me the healer or, or anybody else so um it was still a very very nice experience uh to be able to come back and, and play it and yeah uh, you know, we, we only put in four hours a week, and um, but I still thought that we got to see a lot. Uh, it didn't seem like a grind like back in the day. I, I like what they've done with the uh, with the uh, game nowadays. Yeah, and now you know, huge shout out to our buddies there. You know, Kiefer, Walk Don't Run, Reaper, and everyone who joined us. You know, for one or two sessions along the way, it was really fun to see that. You know, like it's. Growing up as adults now, it's hard to find games where people are collaborative because there's so many games now that are competitive. So it's like a toxic environment a lot of times online. But EverQuest was kind of unique. Like people were genuinely nice. They wanted to help out. You would sit there and chat with them by text sometimes or we'd invite them to the Discord and they would talk. And it was really cool. And, um, you know, I think what's really special about this time is the TLPs, like the time lock progression servers. We, We came in. At, a, at, a, at an awesome time. And for everybody listening, like there's going to be, I think they open up around every spring or so, a new one. So there is a new one that was announced and it's going to be opening up in a few months. And I highly recommend it because the first few months are legit, you know, the first expand, the first classic. And then a month or two later, they open up with Kunark. And going back and playing that way in kind of like a condensed time frame, though, it was interesting because. A lot of times, I'll, I'll admit, before coming back and playing, I'm like, oh, Planes of Power ruined the game. That was when it all went to, you know, crap or whatever. But I'll I'll admit that the the, uh, the changes of, like, quality of life improvements actually oh, yeah. made me enjoy it. So, you know, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's we all got older. Maybe it's like we had just different things in life come up at different points in time. And that's why EverQuest, like, we couldn't prioritize it anymore. And, and I... It made me kind of like think and reflect on that. And, and I think, you know, uh, overall, the game is pretty solid. Uh, there are times, there are moments in time where we have our favorite expansions. But overall, I mean, this game is over 20 years old and people are still playing. So what do you all think about that? Like seeing it from when you had to walk across Norath, so to speak, to then the the quality of life changes. Because I know that was a big, you know, uh, <laughs> point of contention with people. And Carlos, I know yeah. you were big on that. So I was I'll a huge purist. Yeah, I was a huge purist. I was like, no, what's the point? Plane of knowledge was just a, it made it too easy for everybody, you know, being a druid and, you know, it ruined my my economy. Like, what, what the heck is going on here? But 
No, I agree with you. Uh, now, looking back and, and, and seeing the differences, uh, especially like you were mentioning, the traveling time. Um, I know that we, we actually took the time once to go from Fedor. Although, did we go to... Arudin. Yes, we did Arudin. We did Arudin, but we also went... Down, oh, I don't know if you did it, but I also went down to uh, um, Velius. Um, and it, it took. I just took the long route. I literally took the boats. I went through through the cities and and um, when I first when I first played again last year, and then when Planes of Knowledge came out, all you had to do was click a book. If you had to get your spells, oh my gosh, I hit level I don't know forty forty x whatever whatever level. I don't have to go you know go into the Wikipedia or, or find out what ben, what merchant is actually selling that specific spell. Now they're all in the library, in in, in place of knowledge, and, and I agree. No, now that we we have such a condensed amount of time, we don't actually have that much time in, during the week. It just makes us so much better, honestly. Like whenever we, somebody has an idea, hey, let's just go. I don't know somewhere in in. In Kunark, or let's go somewhere in, in Velius, or or back to Fedor. All you got to do is find a book, go back, and then get into that zone. So it made it a lot more accessible and easier to use for folks that that can only play you know, very limited amount of time on, on a weekly basis. So I, I have to say, I, I've definitely changed my mind. I, I really like uh, all the the quality of life improvements that they've done with with all the expansions. So consider me a, a convert. Yeah, when everybody listens to this podcast, they're going to hear like the first few episodes of you, you know, crying and moaning about, oh, we need to, yeah, we need, they want to change. It's good. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know how we are. We, we all have our nostalgia, you know, don't take it away from me. This is what I liked. And, but eventually, you know, you got to just sit down, come in with an open mind, and, and you'll see that the quality of life improvements were amazing. Derek, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I do think the game, if I had nothing to do but play EverQuest all day long, I would like it the way it used to be, where it was more hardcore. And it was harder to get spells because it made you more unique when you had them because a lot of people were too you know lazy or whatever to get to go through all that to obtain the spells, right? So too lazy or maybe they just had lives. They just didn't have the time. Yeah, they have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, you know... Whatever the reason, I, I did like that aspect of the game. Now, with our limited time, yeah, it doesn't make it better for us to have it easier, right? Because if you have all time in the world and you get to the max level or, or get all, a ton of gear, that shows off, you know, it's like a, an award that you could show off to other people. Like, look what I have. It takes years to obtain this. Right, whereas nowadays it's it's not worth as much because someone could obtain the same thing in a very short time frame. So, you know, with with the ease of improvements that they've added, it adds less reward to the game, in my opinion. But for people like us, it allows us to play in some way. So mm -hmm. I get I get they needed to make those improvements, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that's 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 my take on it. I I still remain somewhere in the middle. Uh, re regarding all that i'm not a purist but i don't like i i think a game does get worse over time the easier they continue to make things you know and, and i'm sure that it'll it'll continue to get that way easier and easier and easier like they said they have those 
servers where you could start off uh, like a level over above level 80 heroes or, or I'm not sure yeah. exactly how it works, but yeah, you know, stuff like that where I don't really agree with what the companies that make money and that's just the reality of things. But uh, you got to give it like, for example, to Daybreak, um, that the fact that they keep opening up or starting new servers on the TLPs. So because then you give, you know, give the users the option. Do you want to go to retail and, you know, make it a lot easier and if, if you and make it a lot easier or you can go through the TLPs and actually, um, you know, have a little bit of a balance. Now, it's not as grueling as it was uh, back in the, like it originally was in 1999, but it's still, you know, you still get that that feeling, right? Uh, yeah. How, and, and how it was originally. What's cool, too, is that there is still Project 1999 out there. So like, Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's like super cool. If you're an EverQuest fan, you literally have like three options to choose from. You have, you know, P99, Project 99, Project 1999, which is the classic experience of EverQuest that exists, uh, and they have a thriving community there. And then you have the TLPs, which are you're kind of like middle ground, like it's a, it's trying to give you that classic feel, but then it you know goes through all the expansions up until live and then you have the live which is like a a whole different experience which is you can gain like you know 10 20 levels in like an hour at the lower levels uh playing but it's um you know you got all the new content so like it's a great time to be an everquest fan because you literally have all these different varieties of everquest to choose from and and play and and i want to plug uh the forever quest show uh, podcast. So for, since we're ending ours, everybody, you know, jump ship over there. They still have a, a good show going on in a thriving discord, but they talk about uh, P99 in detail. So if you want to hear about that, they've started off in P99 and then they also went over to the uh, mischief TLP server. So Jeff and Sean uh, can talk about their experiences on the show and you can listen to that and see what you th- and you think. And we had them on the show and they're great people and I'll continue to, live, to listen to their podcast even after this. So I'm just plugging them real quick. So you all have a new home. Derek, what do you what do you think? I agree. I really like their podcast, and um, I definitely recommend people to go over there if they're seeking something else to listen to. I think they have um, the best podcast uh, other than ours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, would they're you, great. They're great guys, man. As a purist, would you ever try P ninety nine, Derek? Uh, I would love to do a PvP old style server, just up to Kunark, maybe. Or you know, what? I would really love just before Kunark. You know, look at the level fifty maximum, make it really hard to get there, and PvP. That's that would be the server that I would choose to play on. Hmm. Anyway, I mean, I'll say the for me, you know, I did try P ninety nine one time back in the day maybe like five years ago. And it was, I remember I was like, whoa, this is hard to like level up. It like <laughs> right. hit me the amount of time you have to commit to that. But that being said, I think I've come to realize that I really liked having Kunark and Vilius as expansions. Um, I do still think I kind of wane uh, with Lucklin and, and Planes of Power and not because of the quality of life improvements, simply just the, uh, zone like maybe it's like the graph that's when the graphics changed too like something happened where it felt different um Velas and kunark are still very special to me and i i really like them i think the classic everquest like just the original with no expansions 
it's a little bit too small, maybe, because I remember when we were doing the zones, right, it got really tough at the end. We had to go to lower guck. I think we had Soulsec B, but it was getting kind of hard to to level up. But again, it was only made for 50, so maybe that was the point. But with Kunark, we had a little bit more diversity in zones, and then I, I liked Velius, even though we didn't go too much to Velius, I did like it. Yeah, what about you, Carlos? What would be your server of preference if you had to choose one now after going through our experience? What do you think you would choose to play on? I think I would leave it up to Planes of Power. I think that that would be where uh, my new... Because before it was prior to Planes of Power, now it's, it is it is at Planes of Power. I think that with uh, the current state of where I'm at, and, and I'm sure you guys can agree, it's just that we, we just can't commit as much time as we did last, like when we actually played the game earlier on. Um, but I think that after that, it just got a little a little too much for me. It just didn't feel... I kind of have to agree with Anthony. just started losing that... that feeling that we used to have or that touch of of, of whatever quest used to be and I, i'm not gonna not gonna hate on it i'm not gonna you know bash on the new expansions it's just that i'm not really used to them so for me i guess i'm stuck in planes of power maybe because that's where you know i feel comfortable with and not not with the new ones uh i would have to say that that's where stop it at yeah that's um that's a good point because for me i would I, I like, like I said, original EverQuest, but the highest up I would go is Planes of Power. And it's unfortunate that we didn't this time get to experience Planes of Power because once you get there, you have to be gilded to fully experience those zones. And that's something that we don't have the time to do, right? So it, it would have been nice if you could experience those zones to 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 completion with just the three of us and add three other people in game you know a full group and go through the whole zone but we can't so that that's unfortunate yeah i want to talk a little bit about some of the zones that stuck out to us through our experience and this can be good or bad uh, i'm going to give some good ones and some bad ones so for me again i want to say that like castle Mistmore, hands down my favorite zone uh and i'm so happy and excited that i actually got to experience it this time around because I'd never had before. And that's kind of like, I'm like, man, if I only experienced it back in the day, I wonder what I really would have thought of it. But I, I love that zone today. Um, some other quirky zones were the Mines of Nurga and and the Temple of Droga. That zone sucked. It was so bad. I just did not, I was not impressed with that zone at all. Like it was, it was so lame to run design. It was so bad. Why like, is that? It was just so basic. It was like, it was like someone just took a, they needed like a last minute zone and it was just like these tunnels and it was just so barren. It felt soulless, you know, um, like the Gorge of King Zorb style. You know? Gorge of King. You that know, that was going to be my, no, I prefer that one better. It had no. a little bit more. Yes. There's at least Listen, a little bit. That was, was going to be, that was going to be the one I was going to point out the Gorge of King Zorb. And uh, I feel bad for anybody. I'm no, not, not bashing the devs or whatever design that the actual levels, but the Gorge of King Zorb is way worse than the Mines of Nurga. Because at least in the Mines of Nurga, you have like the new goblins. So that's kind of cool to look at. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what do you have in the Gorge of King Zorb? Some eyeballs just floating the around. Eyeballs. The mud the, people, okay. The mud people, yeah. The blind, yeah, the mud people that blind you. Yep. They, they didn't want you to see the zone, how bad it was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Gorge of King Zorb 
is a small drone. <laughs> the lead designer is like, this is terrible, but guess what? We have a mob that would blind you, so you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I think I think those. I think uh, the Warrens was an interesting one. Remember that one who they, they spawned so fast, all the creatures, just like an endless swarm of corals. Right. Like, holy cow, that was that was nuts. Um, and I think with the little you know, the little bats that that, that yeah. actually. Oh, Who, yeah. They didn't wipe us, right? It was just a couple of us died, right? No, we got killed a lot of times by the bats and that big tadpole thing. We never got the it, tadpole. you know. Um, Muggle-womp. The Muggle-womp. Jeez. <laughs> and I think... We go back and kill him, did we? We no. didn't. We didn't. And I, and I think the last zone I'll kind of call out is uh, Runny-Eye. Citadel. Yeah. And so, I'll, I'll uh, Carlos, you can go next. Uh, what do you think? What are some zones quirky or whatnot? Ones you liked, ones that were weird. Well, obviously, the Gorge of King's Orb is uh, <laughs> the one that I'm going to point out. It's just, it was so barren. It was literally just this weird zone, which seemed, feel, felt like a dungeon, obviously, because it's just high walls. You don't really see, you don't really look up who looks up. And the mobs were just terrible. Yeah, those eyeballs. And that's about it. Yeah, the mud people. Um, I really liked uh, Solo 6i, so Solo A. I really liked it because it gave you kind of three different kinds of themes, right? You had the actual castle and you had a bit of, of the dungeons, like the, the actual traps and whatnot. And then the caves, you know, the usual dungeon tunnel caves. So I really liked Soul 6i because of the fact that it provided you different themes within one zone. No, you're um, right. Good call. Yeah. But I also have to agree with you with Castle Mismore because it's it's very unique, um, uh, and the vampire theme and 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 the actual you know the, the the gargoyles and the mobs and the even the the detail that went into that zone is just amazing compared to some others that we've been through. Um, and the last one I wanted to point out was oh gosh I forgot the name I'm really. I don't know why you're going to kill me, but the underwater zone. That we went oh, to. Cage Keep? Cage Keep, yeah. That one was also quite unique uh, because of the fact that it was completely different. It's, it was so disorienting having to actually worry about, you know, XY, you know, the, the XYZ plane, so three planes instead of just, you know, looking around. Um, and the mobs are just unique. Uh, so it was kind of cool. Uh, to see the the different types of mobs, like the different sharks and the hammerhead shark and and the sirens and whatnot, and exploding fishes. I don't know if you remember that. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's pretty neat. Nice, Derek. How about you? I would go with. Uh, I'll, I'll talk continent wise. I'd love Antonica. I love Fadewater the best. And my worst zone was probably Kedge Keep. You know, I don't, I don't like that zone because if you don't have enduring breath, you can't even go in there. And you got that's a school about it, though, right? Well, and it was very maze like, right? So you have to have thorough experience with that zone in order to navigate through there. And, and that's something I had zero experience. All of us did, right? Going through there, uh, I just, I, I could care less to go through that zone again for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, th those are my my preferred locations you know all all the zones within those two continents are what bring back memories for me valius no planes of power yes i, I loved uh, the planes 
you know, playing a nightmare when I had my necro, I would solo in the plane of nightmare, the bastion of thunder, the plane of justice, plane of disease, all those things. Uh, I would do PVP and, you know, go into the zone, find, you know, pull trains on, on people and then zone out and, and no one could touch you in the, um, in the adjacent zone outside. So those are the fun times that I, that I experienced. Mm. You know, you said- what? Oh, go ahead. Uh, one thing I was, I just remembered that was probably the most intense fight uh, we did was remember that overlord guy in uh, down here? God. Was yes. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. That was like the most, that, that was the fight that requires to use the most like strategy and tactics on how to, how to beat uh, somebody in EverQuest. Yeah. Um, that was wild. I have to put that one up there with one of the best, most intense and best fights that we had. And uh, unfortunately, even after so many months after that fight, we have yet to find out who those two ogres were. But <laughs> I loved that fight. And, and, and I think that's one of the memories that we keep uh, on our ventures. You know, the insta-dead? It was, it was crazy. I wish the Plains and Beyond in EverQuest, when it came to raids, um, I wish there were bosses like that where you could raid it as just a group of people, but it took extreme skill and strategy to get through it. And you got to keep doing it over and over again until you figure it out. But because the raids, you know, take 30 plus people, it's just a lot harder for people that don't have the time to do that. Yeah, it's not only... It's not only how long it takes, the amount of people, it's also how long it takes for the preparation. You're going to have to have, obviously, the, the, the person that coordinates. And you have a, a roles, right? And you have to, like, if you mess up when it comes to the timing or whatever your, your role is in that raid, you can screw up the whole thing, right? So it, it didn't really fit what we were trying to do, right? Because I consider myself a casual player. I'm sure you guys consider yourself a casual, play, casual player. So I'm not... I prefer to go blind and die than, and I, I find joy in that, you know, just trial and error, trying to figure it out, that kind of thing, you know, us being, you know, fumbling around and, and it's kind of like walking, you know, around in a room in the dark. I prefer that more because it, it, that's what makes the memories in my case. I find, you know, when, when somebody dies, it's hilarious. And then, you know, you hear, you know, when Derek was trying to do the evac and we're screaming like crazy, you know, get us out of here, get us out of here, get us out of here. I'm 2%, 3%, that kind of stuff. And then sometimes, you know, that's, I like those memories more. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Rating was definitely not going to be uh, uh, good for us because of, because of that. The time constraints as well is just, it's just too much for me, that is. Yeah, and you got to develop relationships with your guild mates. I mean, like any other workplace, you you have to have all that bonding and time spent um, with the team, learning their tactics and stuff like that, which takes you know tons of time. It it makes me think of how many times uh, guilds have to go through situations where you know, they have a main tank or healers that. You know, if there's a power outage, you know, what if there's a main tank and he's pulling something, there's a power outage, the guy goes link dead and now the whole thing. No, I think, I think they have people on deck. I have to have, they have to have reserves if it's something that important. They must. I'm sure. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jimmy, I told you it's bedtime. Clint pulls a cord. <laughs> Link dead. <laughs> or someone calls on the 56K modem. Yeah. Oh, Mom, man. get off the line. <laughs> I want line two. <laughs> oh, I, I know this is not related to like EverQuest, but did you guys ever play, uh, what was it, Warcraft 2 back in the day in yeah. online? No, but online on a 56K modem. I don't know. Uh, I, I think we did. I played online. Yeah. yeah, and I have that issue when you play ladder games, when you play like you know rank games, mm. and some a hole goes and boop picks up the phone. You are screwed because you get disconnected. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was the worst. Those were horrible times. Or when you're playing like I remember playing Counter Strike when it first came out on a 56k modem, and I had over 300 lag. So. <laughs> It's like skipping, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm there, and I'm looking at somebody, and next thing you're just re- you're respawning because you, you got <laughs> killed. You know, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> Back in the day, the internet was a different place. I remember we used to pay by the minute. Who think about that? Paying yeah. for the internet by the minute. I would slap somebody in the face if they had me pay by the minute today. I mean, that's we were all getting scammed. That's what it tells me. Like. <laughs> We're a bunch of suckers. Well, hey, yeah. That was the same here's, with cell phones, though. Like, here's this unlimited resource. We're going to charge <laughs> you by the minute. <laughs> wow. That's a good thing about competition. Competition comes around, offers for, for cheaper, for better. Yeah. Yeah. AOL had all those like thousand minute CDs that you get in your cereal. Why were they in my cereal? I don't know, but they were there. AOL Online in my cereal box. <laughs> here you go, kid. Yeah. A thousand minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. But. Um, we're going to start wrapping it up here, but everybody, you know, um, I want to thank Derek and Carlos also for all the hard work they did with, uh, the lore segments that we had some really cool lore segments. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of the podcast was like creating a narrative and a story that we never intended to do. It just kind of organically came together. And those lore segments, you know, they took some time, some time to produce cause they would, uh, we would all write a little story and kind of tie into the last person's story, find music uh, that's royalty free uh, or things like that, that we can use uh, for commercially. And uh, then we would edit it all together and put it and put it on online for everybody. So that was one of my favorite parts. Um, and we have a final lore segment to close out the story of the gnome crew. And we'll leave it to you to interpret the ending. Uh, it is open-ended. So uh, it, we hope you enjoy. And with that, uh, any final words, Derek and Carlos? No, it was a pleasure, and I am very glad we did it. And I could sleep well knowing that I got to see all the zones again that um, I revisited before. So I, I feel complete now. Yeah, no, thanks, everyone. And I do want to point that out, the fact that even though we played when we played this game earlier, if you're if you're actually going back into it, if you're dipping your toes back into the water, or, or you just reminiscing, do look into the lore. There is actually a lot of lore uh, when it comes to EverQuest and Tonica, the creation and and the different zones, the, the gods, the interactions between the gods, and it's very rich. So, I highly recommend if you had specific zones that you used to love to go to or you used to kill a specific mob and you hate this boss or you hate these this guns of NPCs go in go dive into the lore it's actually fantastic to learn about the the EverQuest universe 
and there is a lot to to actually you know spend your time looking into so it, it'll also enrich your 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 past experiences and hopefully if you're going back into it it, it will actually enrich that as well because then you kind of get this story around it and it, it helps with the immersion so i highly recommend to look into the lore as well the gnome crew successfully vanquished yet another nest of goblins ensuring norath is one step closer to purging the wretched vermin it has been some time now since the crew has set out from Akanon with nothing but their wits. They now felt quite confident in their growing abilities and believed themselves ready to go back to the one place that has been bruising their ego, the underbelly of Lavastore Mountains. Much earlier in their journey, deep inside Solosek's eye, Nerf and Perf's curiosity got the better of him. As he journeyed deeper into the caves, he discovered the magnificent lair of Nagafin. His trespassing did not go unnoticed by the dutiful fire giants guarding the entrance. They squished the gnome like an insect crawling on the kitchen floor, and only by the sheer bravery of Ticklewings was the crew able to drag Nerf and Perf's mangled self to safety and then heal his broken body. With the passing of time, the gnomes have grown to become seasoned fighters. They are ready to clean up that one stain on their formidable adventures. And so they went. Back to Nagafen. As the gnome crew enters Solosek B, they are greeted by pieces of falling ash that tinge their skin, an aroma of burnt meat, and a voice so deep it shakes the surrounding walls. Welcome, heroes. I've been expecting you for quite some time. I'm thoroughly impressed by the resiliency of your party, although I'm afraid to tell you that your efforts are in vain. It's been my intention all along to draw you into my realm. Each one of your adversaries played a crucial role in leading you here. You see, Erolisi Mar, the goddess of love, trapped me within these walls centuries ago by cursing me to grow larger than normal. Because of this curse, I have been kept from Vox, my true love. Only one item in all of Norath yields the power to reverse such a curse, the Ixar Skull Necklace, which you now possess. Once the curse is reversed, I and Vox will disperse our brood across the lands and finally conquer Norath. Thank you, my little friends. Now come place a necklace on my altar and sacrifice yourselves to my greatness as your journey is now complete. The party eventually reaches the entrance of Nagafin's throne room where they hear the heavy breaths of the fire dragon inside. They all peer into the room and pause in awe at the size of the dragon, which is much larger than they all had expected. They begin to doubt their decision to come, and even contemplate retreat. But Nagafin had already dispersed fire giants to guard the exits of his lair. There was no going back, only forward. They all sat still for a moment, silently staring at each other, 
knowing that they would most likely not survive this encounter. Walk Don't Run the warrior then bows his head to the group in an expression of admiration and runs into the throne room with his shield held high, facing the dragon, and yells, Go right! The rest of the group quickly enters and begins to run toward the back of a large boulder to the right. Behind them, they hear a loud roar of Agathem, followed by an intense wave of heat. As they look back, they see Walk Don't Run standing directly in front of the dragon as he attempted to repel the engulfing flame of expelled firebrand with his shield just before it swallowed him whole. All that remained once the flames dissipated was a scorched sword and a shield on the cavern floor. Nagafin then focused his attention on the rest of the group. As he approached, Kifa the wizard removed himself from behind the boulder and stood tall in rage with his staff in hand. The dragon then prepared to excel another wave of flame as Kiefer cast an ice comet which came roaring down through the roof of the cavern, smashing into the head of the dragon, knocking it to the ground. As Kiefer began to cast the Wrath of Alcabor for a finishing blow, Nagafin's sharp tail whipped around the edge of the room and into Kiefer's side. Nagafin then lifted him up to his mouth and consumed the upper half of his body throwing the remaining half against the wall with a whip of his tail. The dragon then expelled a wave of flame at the boulder where Nerfenperf, Tickerwinks, and Evernerd sat paralyzed with tears in their eyes, not knowing what to do but await their fate. After saying their goodbyes, Nerfenperf transformed into his human illusion and turned around the corner of the boulder, charging toward the dragon. Captain Nerfenperf! Tickerwings took a deep breath and followed behind. In that moment, time stood still for Evernerd, as he wondered how all their efforts could come to such an end. Was it all in vain? Or did their efforts serve some greater purpose beyond themselves? These are answers he'll never know. Evernerd clutched his staff in both hands and charged behind Tickerwings. As he turned around the edge of the boulder, he saw Nagafin in all his glory, standing on his hind legs, wings fully expanded, and fire emanating from his nostrils and the corners of his mouth. The dragon then lunged forward and expelled a wave of flame onto all three gnomes. We would like to thank all of you for following us on our year-long return to EverQuest. We enjoyed every last bit of it, from episode 1 to episode 27. EverQuest is truly a special game that we will always hold dear to our hearts. It was a pleasure creating this content for you, and wish you all the best in your own EverQuest journeys. Farewell to each of you, from the Gnome Crew. So for everybody out there... Thank you, goodbye, and we hope that you, too, someday return to Norath and return to EverQuest and experience like we did. Invite an old friend, a sibling, you know, get in there and try it out. There's a lot of different flavors. And we'll see you all around. Take care, and good luck on your adventures.